Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are the Hairy Bikers, I'm Sai. And I'm Dave, and we're here to help you navigate your way through life's tricky troubles, travails, and tribulations, because we are the Agony Uncles. Yes, remember that you're not alone in this no. world. You've got us. Got out you all. We are always here to give you advice, and all you need to do is write to us. And the email address is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk and posing the problems today it's our man Jeeves hello good morning it's nice to see you or good morning for us when we're recording this anyway and uh, yes uh, lovely to see everyone and one of the burning questions we've had actually some uh, a couple of videos that you uh, you put up a while ago and I can't remember I don't know which one of you it was but one of you has a coffee pot which sits on top of a stove, on top of a, a stove. Yes. You put that up on Facebook. Now, is that you, Mr. King? Yes, it's definitely my coffee pot on a stove. The only reason I know that is because I just turned the stove on and thought, shit, I better get that pot, coffee pot off the top of it. The question, the, oh, I see. So it's not, uh, the question we've had is, can you put a coffee pot on a stove? So clearly yes. the answer is no. <laughs> no, no, you can, you can. But I'd already, I'd already potted the coffee, if you know what I mean. So there wasn't any water in my coffee pot, you see, because I drank it. So that's why I thought, but yes, no, you're absolutely, you absolutely can. You just got to keep an eye on it. It's a very posh coffee pot as well, but that cost a few quid, didn't it? Hey, well, do you know what? I I bought it actually. It's an Elise. Is it Alicia? Yeah, oh, Alicia. Oh yes. I bought it in um. I bought it in Italy at a at a market stall, and and I don't know. I didn't ask the fella, but it was half the price of what I would have been. If, fell off the back of a truck. I think something like that. Yes, on the way to on on the way to a posh shop in Florence, it stopped at Fellini Valdano, and I thought, right, I'm having that. <laughs> well, we've solved the mystery. So you can put a coffee pot on top of the stove because I think many more and more people are using their stoves because maybe it's cheaper than putting the central heating on. I don't know, or, or boiling well, the kettle. It's actually, to be fair, that's exactly what I'm doing at the minute uh, because I, I, I've just got a tank of gas uh, LPG. And, um, and you know, if you just keep the stove on and control it properly, it keeps the house warm all night. It's great. Nice. Well, we've got plenty of problems for uh, you to be working through today. Looking forward to all of those. Indeed. Right. And she's here. The Wonder Woman of Worries. It's our Tash. Posh Tash, who's not that posh at the minute, because she just looks frozen. Are you all right there, pet? Yeah, I am chilly. I am chilly. Um, but I'm fine. I'm very well, thank you. It's amazing what... A heated blanket might do for your day. Oh, no. <laughs> so you still got no hot water or central heating then, Tash? No hot water, no central heating for 10 days. And, and I'm not going to go down the cost of living conversation crisis because we don't want to bring it all down too much. But it is amazing. I've got a little meter and I've been monitoring my electricity from having one electric heater on and, and some lights, some lamps in my room. But I'm only heating one room at the time with lights and, and an electric radiator because I've got nothing else. And honestly, it's been a hundred pounds. It was a hundred pounds over three days. It was. Good and that God. is horrifying to think one small room I'm lighting for £100. No. Pounds. It, yeah, 100 horrifying. Quid. Two pounds on gas and £100 pounds on electricity for one electric heater and three or four lights all day. Wow. And I was 
I'm so gobsmacked by it that I think actually it's been a very good experience for us here and how we are going to go forward and cut costs and be sensible. And my children have appreciated it. It's my son's birthday on Wednesday and all he wants is heating. He's suddenly got a whole new view on, on what, what's valued. Who needs the car when you're 17 and learning to drive? You just want a warm bedroom. Do you know, do you know what, Tash? It's really interesting because Dave and I come from households that had 50p meters. Yeah. yeah, you know, because and 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 then you went on to those posh keys that you had to put in that you got <laughs> something done at the post office, and it was remarkable because it was at the forefront of your of your mind, and particularly at this time of the year, going into the winter mm. time, it was it it, mm. it was always terrifying for 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 households like Dave and I that that you, you you just constantly worried about it, and you were constantly mm. in it because. The lunacy is that the, the the poorest of us pay the most for the electricity. It's just yeah. and Crazy. gas. It's yeah. just nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad, actually. It really is sad. But it's yeah. It's been really. It's been really interesting, actually. And it's. Do you know what though? On a flip side, we have all slept better. We are oh, all we're cold, but we sleep oh. better through the night. My son does a lot of coughing because he's got chest problems. Without the the heat and the dry heat and everything, we are a different family. So I'd say it's healthy wow. at the moment. Wow. Well, our Dave, let's get solving. Wiggle your jingle finger, dude, will you? Beep, 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 boop, boom, bing! Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In today's pile of perplexing problems, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you're going to be solving these stresses. We have roast potato wrangling. We have modern pub problems, the wedding album blues, and we'll be getting busy with the fizzy in Confidential Corner. But we're going to start with roast potato wrangling. And this comes from Malcolm, who says, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, For years, my mum always made the roast potatoes and then brought them to whoever's house we were at for us to reheat for Christmas Day. And as Si might put it, they were epic. Sadly, mum is no longer with us. And for the last couple of years since we lost her, the potato offerings at Christmas have been, well, rubbish. Mainly because she would never tell us what she did to them. So for Christmas this year, I would like to make the ultimate roast potato. I want my roast potatoes to be the best that anyone in the family has ever tasted anywhere in the history of roast potatoes. <laughs> or at least since they last had one of mum's. I want them written about in history books. In short, I need you to help me cheat. So please, what sort of potato should I buy? And what on earth do I do with them? Many thanks. Malcolm, over to you. Do you know what I think one of the problems today with roast potatoes is that when you buy a bag of potatoes from a supermarket, it says like white potatoes or red potatoes. You don't know what potato it is. You don't know how long it's been stuck there. And that potato starts to produce sugar, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And then you'll never get it crispy because it's more water than potato. You need wow. to get a good variety of potato and a potato that hasn't been stored for like six months or a year. It's the same making chips. Do you remember once we were kingy, we were making chips Mm -hmm. And until yeah. uh, and we were trying to make the ultimate chips, and um, in the end we went to a, a farm. It was because it was near me. We got we got some taters from a farm in Flukborough, which had been dug, and miraculously our chips were magnificent. Mm -hmm. And we must have done about six batches from various potatoes from supermarkets. So we were getting nowhere with it. 
Yeah, it's that's that's so true because the older the potato is, the starch turns the starch yeah. is a derivative of sugar anyway. But it but it it, it it turns more sugary. So you know sometimes you get those when you when you cut chips, they're kind of slightly sweet, and you'd go, well, that's a bit weird. They're they're like potatoes that have been stored for a protracted length of time, as Dave was saying. And and the most important thing is you want more potato than yeah. than water. Um. So first of all, you've got to buy the right potatoes. Try if you can to go to your to your your local fruit and veg shop because he'll know he'll buy bags of potatoes in from wholesales and um, he he'll know how long they've been there and when they were dug and stored and all that and then the next thing is there's loads of tips and tricks that mm. you can do um, right, go on mate you you uh, but no I'm just going to say I was just thinking of that there's a company that we visited if, if you're, you're like top end particular potato it's Carol's potatoes in Northumberland yeah and um, and they're kind of like connoisseurs of the spud world. So the, the varieties of potatoes that they produce are ridiculously, you know, obscure and good. Things like the Aaron Victory and potatoes that were never tasted before. But they'll guarantee that they're fit for purpose. You need to spend money with that. But like as I said, you go to the greengrocers. First thing is with your potato, part boil them first, blanch them. Mm. Blanch them for about eight minutes and just scruff them up and let them go cold before you proceed any further. That's so, that, and that that right there is the master of all potato wisdom because rough them up in a, in a colander and as Dave says, you cannot do anything with them. The next stages of roasties is you need to reheat all of that quite hard and quite quick um, and cook them so they get a really lovely crispy outer. But there's more tricks, isn't there, dude? Yes. Can I, can I just ask before we go on on that one point? I literally, I know I'm preaching to the converted of all our audience, but I'm loving this. I'm fascinated. You're amazing. But but I didn't know about that potato and the water and the sugar, etc. But when you parboiled them and then you 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 put them in a colander or in the, in the sauce, but I shake it and that gets that rough edges that you're saying. If you leave them, does it not keep them cooking for a while? Should you run them through cold water to like you do with Brussels sprouts? Well, no, because if you've run them through cold water, just let them mm. go cold naturally. They're, okay. they're not they're not going to cook all the way through. If as okay. Dave says, it's roughly about eight minutes, okay. and then and because the potatoes will be pretty dense. Because if you put them in cold water to cool them down quick, you don't want that. You just want it, you just want the process to be as gentle as it can on the on okay, the on the, okay. on the spud. And also another top tip: bring the water when you put the potatoes in cold water, and then bring the water up to boil, as opposed to dropping them in boiling water. Because right. all it does is it goes the potato and all the starches kind of combine and and it's just not very good and that was a top tip that we got from actually carol's uh, potatoes yeah. that, that, that Dave was well, well one thing that we can't guarantee when we said eight minutes is of course it depends how big you cut your roast potatoes that's true some mm. people like them like farmhouse sorties which are like tiny and only take a couple of minutes and other people like like whole potatoes which will take a bit longer but then you have your tin with your fat of choice and yeah, I think goose fat roasties are great, but you can get away with sunflower oil, but get that fat searingly hot. Then put your potatoes in. A one chefy trick that we were told was to sprinkle a tablespoon of cornmeal or polenta over the potatoes and toss them in the oil. Because the cornmeal and polenta gives you a crispy, crispy, super crispy coat. And you can put a bit of salt and pepper in that mm. as well, should you want to. So that, that seasoned, crispy, gorgeous, Potatoes. I I, uh, 
I, I feel I feel overexcited with the information. I just I just I I, I I thought I knew how to cook roast potatoes. I think I do quite nice ones, but I yeah. feel. I feel like I want to go and cook them now. I'm quite excited. But I think that I just, I'm concerned I can't go and get carols. Can I just ask one quick question? If I'm going to a bog standard supermarket and I can only go there, yeah. I haven't got my greengrocer, do I go Maris Piper or King Edward? What, what's the roast potato one there if we haven't got, get, can't get carols? I'll tell you what to do. It, it, it's, it's funny because the growing seasons are always are all over the place because try and buy from, from the, your country of origin. And right. try and buy from the greengrocers yeah. if you can. If you can't, then have a look on the date. Have a look on the pack and see. Fresh. So it's just you just need them as that's the key as fresh as possible. So if it's a Maris Piper, if it's a a, 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 a King Eddie, any one of those, the the variety of potato is key, but either the freshest is the best. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, some some go fluffy for mash. Well, I think yeah. Yukon Gold's good for roasties as well. Yeah. That's a good one. And there's a Dutch variety I can't remember. But they're oh, really good yeah, roasties. They're really good, aren't they? Um, yeah. Um, another thing, it, it, if you're going to spend some money and you want those sort of epic potatoes, there's lots of great potato specialists that do yeah. old varieties of potatoes online. Wow. And I've used, oh, I can't remember who it was. There was one, an Irish one that I used about four years ago and it was they were fantastic they were fantastic so there's loads of different uh, loads of different places you can get your taties from oh, I'm uh, so through excited your letterbox kingy we were in ireland and we filmed with this farmer uh, he'd won an mbe for potato oh, yes. production and yes. he set himself to to breed the ultimate all-rounder potato he could do everything one and it was called the sunbeam potato yeah. that's it and yeah, um I, i'm not sure if you can get that now that's but impressive. um he yeah. was quite an incredible character, really. He put us to work on the spud machine, and it, it was it was it was it was amazing, actually. This man's obsession with the potato, yeah. and um, you know, you realise it's not the humble spud. Well, people write books on the potato. You you, you know, it, it's I've really versatile it. and fabulous. Can you remember, mate, when we were there and, and we're just in this random pub, and they got the old school, oh, the old yes. school scoops of potatoes? I can't yes. remember what we had it with. I've never tasted a potato like it. Still, yeah. it still lives with me. That it, they wow. were flipping, yeah, epic. And Portuguese do amazing potatoes as well. We ate some amazing spuds in Portugal. Yes, that is true. I forgot about that. Yeah, bloody hell. Sorry for her now that she's written in, because that's a you've given us a lot of information. I'm I'm overexcited about going to potatoes, but she's going to have to really work on that information and filter out where she's going, what she's doing. I think it was a he, Tash. It was a he. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Malcolm will be pleased to. Uh, Malcolm, to I'm know sorry. That, Never been that, good with names. <laughs> <laughs> potatoes will be good. He'll have the finest potatoes of all time. Food makes, makes everything better. Our next problem is called the Wedding Album Blues. And for this, I need one male name. So, Uncle Dave, could I have a male name, please? Rupert. Thank you. Rupert writes, A few months ago, my wife told me she didn't want to be married to me anymore and has applied for a divorce. Now, this was a shock to me at the time, as I was very happy. At first, I wanted her to stay and change her mind, but since then, she's made the situation very difficult and home life is, frankly, terrible. So my mindset has now changed and all I want to do is get it all gone so I can finally start to move on. 
She wants to use the court to sort out finances. Luckily, there are no children involved. But even so, that means it's all going to roll on until the court hearing in March. I'm trying to keep myself busy and my mind occupied as best I can, but as you can imagine, it can be very difficult. Now, as I think you have both been in this situation, I'd love your advice on how to keep moving forward during this time and keep positive. And one specific thing, what should I do with the wedding album? Many thanks. Rupert, over to you. I tell you what I found really difficult. If you can, just try, Rupert. It's really, really important to try and, and, and first of all, keep calm because there's loads of emotions going around and, and stuff. And just try and be kind and fair. And there are some times that you absolutely won't feel like that. But just try and do, try and keep that at the forefront of your mind. Um, the court is is neither here nor there really. They can only apply the law. They don't. It doesn't matter about the emotions of what you're going through. They will only apply the law. If that's what your wife's entitled to, that's what you'll get. If that's what you're entitled to, that's what you'll get. There's very little argument that way. The, the solicitors and lawyers will say different, but fundamentally, the judge will stand there and go, you get that, you get that, on you go. That's how it works, and, and it's, it's, it's a cutting to the chase of it. But if, if, if I were you, just to move on properly, you have to be kind and you have to be considerate and, you ha and, and it, it's the antithesis of what you're actually feeling at the time. But it's important that you do that. That that would be my advice, anyway. Yeah, I think I think when well, it's many many years ago. I got, I got divorced, and I was so much in debt. It was survival. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I had to just work twenty four seven to to get me stick myself out of a hole, really. Oh. Um, but I, I had no powers of negotiation. Put it like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 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 a long and long tale. But um, but no, I know what you mean about the photo album. Like the first, the, the wedding album, you look at it and you're all teary. Then I'd stick it in the attic and come back to it in a decade's time and you might think it's quite funny. Is it not just... Um, uh, I love that funny. <laughs> I wasn't ready for funny. It's a memory, as, as horrible as it is now. That day was a wonderful day. That was part of his life. It's part of Bill, who he is now. And I... I, I definitely don't think I would sit there and put it in the bin or burn it or whatever. It might, as you say, it might hurt right now, but I don't think you should just lose it or give it to her. It's her, it's his memory. She wrecked, she wrecked the relationship. He keeps it and he can look back and smile one day, if not laugh, like Dave says. Oh, I've got a confession, right, on my, my wedding day. <laughs> uh, on the Saturday, I got a phone call to ask him to come down. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was on the Thursday because I get married on the Saturday. Could I come around and help clean the church up? Because somebody had broken into the church and set fire to the organ in the organ loft. Oh, and um, so the, 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 the church smelt of smoke and cinders. Oh. And I was clearing out all the debris. And so went down the aisle, there was like the verger on his bomb tempney electric organ. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that was a sign, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It you know, somebody tries to burn setup. the church down. <laughs> so it's where did you true. Put the matches, Dave? Where did you hide the matches? Well, I wasn't me. I was good. no. I was the one who was faced with all the work with a poor vicar taking all the you know the burning embers out of the church. Oh. Wow. Uh, but it but it did smell like a bonfire. Gosh. Um, so no, it was. Uh, so you weren't coming up smelling of roses at the, from the beginning. It was horrible. Oh no, I smelled like something Guy Fawkes had left behind. <laughs> but no, it's emotionally <laughs> devastating. That's yeah, horrible. Horrible, 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 horrible position to be in. Awful.
and you wouldn't you wouldn't wish it on anybody. No. It's just, but it's it. You know, that's life in it, and you know, T- time heals, doesn't it? I mean, it's a, it's. A... I think that's it, David. I just think you've hit the nail on the head. It's like if you prepare. Somebody once said to me, he said, "Look, it'll be five years. It's five years until it." until the dust settles and everybody settles settles into new routines and new relationships and new lives and new partners and all of that and there's a level of acceptance he said have that in the back of your mind and you'll get it'll be fine and it and it and it's true it's about five yeah it was it was exactly about that actually it was about that. okay rupert so just apply those rules then it will get better and five years is uh, is is what you're looking at but at the same time yeah, just keep moving on. Don't chuck the wedding album away. It might come in handy in the future. Even if it's just to put it on your dartboard and throw stuff at it, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. no, no, oh, no, right, no, oh, sorry. Put it in the cupboard and forget about it. Did, I, did, I, did, I, did that just come out? It did, didn't yeah, it? It's yeah. part of one's history. Yeah, the makeup. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. This letter comes from a gentleman who is uh, 84 years old. Uh, well, his, his, his daughter's helped him write an email, but it, I am going to change his name. So we'd like uh, a name, uh, if possible, Posh uh, Tash, if you could have... Uh, but perhaps an elderly gentleman's name. Perhaps that would be uh, more uh, appropriate. Uh, Percy. Percy writes, Dear Harry Bikers. Hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. What? I've got Percy the park keeper in my head. Oh, he's lovely, Percy oh, the park keeper. No. Oh, no. Yeah, Percy, okay. Okay. Oh, I don't know what else there could be, an old man. Um, no, 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 let's just call her Percy. Percy's fine. Percy's fine. I do like the way you think there's only one old man's name. What else could there be? Percy. <laughs> Percy. Yes. And obviously, Percy is a euphemism for an old friend's old chap anyway, isn't it? It is, really? that's right. Oh, oh I see, I hadn't yeah. even thought of that. Oh, yeah. no. I'll point yeah. Percy at the porcelain. <laughs> point Percy at the parkkeeper. Ha-ha! No! No! <laughs> Can I just, before you go into the problem then, also, I learnt the other day that apparently a word, word for a pair of breasts is norks. Yeah. I've never heard of norks. Norks, yeah. You? Yeah, norks, yeah. I never knew that one. Pair of norks. Yeah. Well. norks. Hmm. <laughs> See, that's like you said, we, we, we'd get pushed off the airways at BBC Neverbus if we used a word like norks. You can't really? do that. Oh, oh, yeah, norks, no. goodness gracious me. Compliance nightmare. Uh, right, let's, 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 let's move on to uh, let's move on to Percy's problem. Percy says, Dear Harry Bikers, I, like you, uh, am from the north of England, Carlisle to be precise, though I'm much older than you, I'm 84. I used to be a biker though, I had a few, my favourite being a BSA Gold Flash that I used to go out courting on in the 1950s. Nice. Ooh, lovely. Lovely. I like your television programme and my daughter plays me your programmes, podcasts I think he means, which is why I'm writing. With my daughter's help, admittedly, I don't really like computers. And my question is this. Why do pubs all now feel the need to do fancy food instead of what we used to have? On a Saturday, I'd pick up a young lady on the back of my bike and take her to a pub about 10 miles away where I'd treat her to the best ham, egg and chips you could buy. That always got me a kiss, at least. I always remembered that pub, even when, after national service, I moved to Portsmouth. So as a treat, my daughter took me back there for my 84th birthday, back to the same pub. 
I couldn't get ham, egg and chips now, though. If I wanted a miso-glazed sea bream fillet, I'd be fine. <laughs> or something called a partridge saltimbocca, but not ham, egg and chips. It's the same at home, and even fish and chips from my local chippy cost about £10 now. It used to be a shilling. I can't help thinking that things were better in the old days, and as you lads know how to do a good old-fashioned bit of ham, egg and chips, can't you do something to stop pubs messing about with good, honest food? Asks Percy. Over to you. No. <laughs> I know what you're saying, Purse, but the thing is that, you know, it's about supply and demand, isn't it? And and the thing is that there is absolutely, definitely a place for great ham, egg and chips. Oh, yeah. And, it, and, it's, a, and it's a shame that, that some pubs go down that route of just, you know like judging it up for the sake of it mm. because if you fancy ham egg and chips why isn't it on the menu it's just as great as a miso stroked sea breast bream. sea bream yeah you know what i mean it's funny though isn't it really it, it, it's we we find out off our website and stuff what recipes people actually download and use yeah. and when we did our book everyday winners you know, and we, we appealed for people to actually write in and told, tell us what they eat, ate. And we got 25,000 main meals that people eat on a daily basis. And it's food that they love, food that they love and prepared for them. And a lot of it was what you would say was fairly predictable. And ham, egg and chips, when it's good, uh, oh. it, it's, it's a thing of joy. It is. Um, Tom Kerridge, uh, he has a book, I've got the Mission Side Restaurants, and it's his pub food. And it is like his take on pub classics. And it is very, very good. But there again, you know, the question is, do you need to mess too much? If you have yeah. two, good, two good free range eggs, a nice piece of ham and proper cooked chips from a good potato that are crispy and lovely, with a bit of salt and vinegar, you dip your chip in the egg, take mm. a bit of ham on that, take some beating, done it really. Yeah. That and a nice steak and kidney pie, or steak and kidney pudding. Um, belly pork. See, that that's something that I think people find it in a pub. If it's on a pub menu, people find it hard to get, if you eat meat, find it hard to get past the belly pork if it's cooked properly. Do you know what? Um, my husband would be best friends with Percy. If he can hunt down a ham, egg and chips, he'll take it every time. It doesn't matter where you are, if someone's doing it, he'll have it. But I really remember growing up, my grandfather used to take me swimming every Sunday when I was very little, and they'd always take me to this lovely little hotel in St Albans and he'd take me and he'd give me a breakfast and if it was later on in the morning we'd stop and he'd always have a steak or a ham egg and chips and then he got very excited because the beef eater chain opened <laughs> beef eater opened and beef eater had a really good ham egg and chips in it I think yeah. there are still beef eaters nowadays aren't there I think somewhere but that you know he always wanted that that's what he, it had to be a ham egg and chips or a steak and he used to say hold the rabbit food he didn't like the watercress with the steak but um, <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, I think ham, egg and chips, it's not for me, if I'm honest, but I do find, and I think give Percy some hope that there are a few places actually near us that I think are trying to bring it back onto a, a pub menu. They've got their sort of slightly fancier gastro pubby menu and they now are bringing it back again. I, I, I do think there's a, a surge now. Hmm. I think that's the key, isn't it? Because, you know, as we're saying, there's nothing better than that. 
there's nothing better than a great cottage pie. There's nothing mm. better than a shepherd's pie. There's just, you know, it, it's it's fantastic food. And it's part of the makeup and heritage and culture that we have around food in the UK. And the great thing about the food that we have here, it's incredibly eclectic because of the, mm. thank God, the cultural influences that we've had over the centuries, mm. which is brilliant and worth celebrating. However, there is still a place for all of those traditions all of those great great foods that we love and remember and that are full of nostalgia i lo- I, I think it's brilliant yeah i think our, our food culture is broad enough for everybody actually absolutely there, there is somewhere on near me there's there's two pubs i've been going to and one is you know i'll, I'll go and have my i do a really good burger and stuff and yeah i'm egg and chips i'll go there for that uh, but then there's another pub if, if I want to take some people to on a, on a Friday or Saturday night, you know, I can have, and they're actually doing, you know, snails, escargot and, wow. and sea bass and stuff. And it, it's, it's really nice in both pubs. You know, it's a bit like our food culture. We are multicultural, which we're very proud of. You know, we can eat around the world in this country and within our own food, cult, our own food, what is our food culture? Our food culture is so broad. Mm. Within the traditional British food culture, there's room for the for the more finer foods and there's room for the traditionals as well. You know, the, the creme brulee will sit alongside a rice pudding. You know, it's nice to have choice. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's changed though? Because I, I mean, I live, I live in London and I'm, you know, I, so it's very different. There's people from all over the world and pubs change hands all the time. But do you think it's come from the changing world where it used to be the landlord and the landlady, truly the landlord and the landlady, and the landlady did the cooking and the landlord was at the bar and he was the friend and she was the great cook and you went for her ham, egg and chips maybe. And I just, mm. I, I don't see that landlord, landlady environment as much, especially where I live. I might, it must be somewhere else. Actually, um, my ex-wife's um, part of her family, he, he, he came from the, um, he, was a, uh, he was in the army and he was a caterer in the army. And they took this little, they took this pub. And, and, but because the pub was tied, they wanted to do exactly that, Tash. They wanted mm. to be, you know, he was actually, the roles were reversed. She was okay. the friend and he was in the kitchen. And they just mm. couldn't make it work because of the cut, because the, at the back of all of that, the face of it was this corporate nightmare that yeah. just, it, they just couldn't make it sad. work. Um, and, and, and not for that, because every time they did make it work, the company that was behind it put the price up. So they were just like, well, what, 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 you know, what, this is, we're not even it's not even minimum wage that we're earning and it's oh, our shame. business mm-hmm. so there's a culture of that 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 no longer facilitates that end unless yeah, the landlord and landlady have bought their pub and they can bring in the beers that they want to bring in and cook the food that they want to cook yeah because actually those are successful but you have to have a significant amount of money to make that work yeah you know yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's such a shame but you're right i think it does it definitely has changed definitely but remember, like the, the places doing the fine dining, they have to be good because you only get yeah. it wrong once and yeah. people yeah. don't come back. Yeah. yeah, you know. But whereas your ham egg and chips is quite straightforward, you know, it's a safe option. It's funny that there's there's a pub near me as well that I've discovered, and they talk about it. It's famous for its cheese and onion rolls at lunchtime, and they don't know how they get the bread so good. They're obviously they're buying it in, but it's really good. And they've, got, they've just got this knack. And people talk about the cheese and onion rolls, and they'll go there and have, you know, a pint and a couple of rolls at lunchtime. And they just do them at lunchtime. 
but it is funny though it proves to be food if you get it dead right, get it right. Yeah. yeah yeah people will come and they'll come again and again yeah. and it doesn't have to as, as, as david says exactly it doesn't have to be fancy it just has to be great yeah, exactly. So there you go, Percy. I think there's hope for you. It sounds like uh, there's certainly uh, a move back towards getting some more traditional stuff in there, but just keep searching and don't ever stop and maybe get your motorbike again. Maybe that'll do it for you. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to, the agony to the agony uncle. It's time to head to Confidential Corner. Getting busy with the fizzy is what it's called. One female name from Uncle Dave, please, and one male name from Uncle Cy. Mary. Uh, Trevor. <laughs> OK. Mary writes, How can I get my Trevor to forgive me? We like to have fun at sexy time with food. It might be ice cream dripped on his body, or he sometimes gets out the strawberries and cream, that kind of thing. And I thought it would be nice to share one of my favourite childhood sweets, space dust. <laughs> <laughs> which he had never heard of. I used to love the way it popped and fizzed on my tongue. I thought it might give him a nice sensation. So I got him nice and relaxed and then tipped a packet of it over his old chap. <laughs> no! Once it started fizzing, we both realised it probably wasn't going to give him the same sensation that I thought he might get. In actual fact, he had to sit watching the telly for an hour afterwards with his thingy dangling in a Pyrex bowl of warm water to soothe it. <laughs> He says we will never have food fun time again. How can I win him round, please? He likes your show, so he'll listen to you. Over to you, you says Mary. You, you sound dangerous, missus. Next time you've been putting mustard all over his bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Space dust on your little oh, nether oh, mat, on your pie wacket. Oh, Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'd go back to the strawberry. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, trash tash. Yeah, I'd go back to where I'd, 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 yeah, I'd go back to the strawberries and cream. You kind of be putting space dust on your old chap. What? That's mad. No, oh, I don't, I don't get this food thing. But there is like a perversion called splodging, isn't there? And uh, there was a program on the telly about it, splodgers. And what they do is they, yeah, and you can, like cover each other with cake. They put polythene on the floor. And it's called splodging. Oh, wow. Um, but not, not that I. I I've looked it up or anything, but, but no, there was a programme on the telly for splodgers. But you know, no, it's Kingy, not a very sexy no. word, is it? You don't. You, mean, you might spread. You might spread the food over each other, or you might I mean, a drizzle it. You don't splodge it. It's like you kind of got a couple of pies and go pfft, horrible. <laughs> Well, uh, that sounds more attractive, a couple of pies than having your old chap covered in space. Just, what would you call that? The firework or something? <laughs> It'd be like yeah. a sparkler, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine oh. if you got it in your belly button, though? That would cause no end of worry. I mean, oh. I mean, your old chap, at least you can wash it off. Your belly button, you'd be there for weeks trying to oh. get it out, wouldn't you? Oh, sitting there, well, I mean, it's bad oh. enough if you, if you sting yourself with chilli, isn't it? You know, oh. you have to put your little member in the, in the wash basin for a bit. Or, or yogurt. Yeah, a friend of ours, he was 16, I think, 17 at the time, and he was going down to Nando's, you know, where they do peri-peri chicken. Yeah. Peri-peri chicken, sorry, peri-peri. And, um, and they were having, he was obviously a bit of bravado. I can do the, I can do the seriously hot sauce. You know, his mates are going, well, I think medium's enough for me. He showed off, he went for the really hot sauce, and then he went to the loo, and then came back with tears in his eyes because he forgot <laughs> to wash his hands before he went to the no loo. Way. Oh. 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 O
the worst. Um, I've got visions of her doing sherbet dib dab, you know, at the moment, and you know that's similar. I yeah, guess. that would be just as uncomfortable. I, I, honestly, yeah. I'd go to look. Look, if you want to push the boat out, try trifle or something kind of relatively inert. Angel you delight. Know, it's like you don't want. Yeah. What? <laughs> just, oh, well, think of the mess. Oh, no, it's not my cup of tea at all. No, no, Dave. No, no I mean you know. No. no, I mean food should be on a table, not on each other's. But I yes. mean, how, yeah, I, I could understand know. eating sushi off your beloved one because yeah, the body needs improves yes. the flavour of the rice. Yes. No, no, that's sushi. a fact. Fishy, that. Fishy, fishy. Yeah, that is a fact actually. Yeah, sushi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That wouldn't smell nice though. You don't want to have raw fish over you. No, fresh fish doesn't fishy. Well, Mary, uh, we we uh, we don't know that we have much sensible advice for you, but all we can say is don't ever do that again. No, good lord, poor fella. No, no. or he might pay her back. He might go here. We go, sweetheart. <laughs> now try this. Oh, that would be. Oh, oh, regret it. Yeah, no, yeah, it could oh. just go. That you see, then it could, then it's going into S and M. Yeah. Oh. You know, and that's just like yeah. Ooh, nah, nah. Don't ever let him do the ironing for you, Mary, or he might be starching you the crutch on your thong. <laughs> no. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to us on the Agony Uncles podcast, and we do remember to send us in your troubles because without them, we haven't got a show. The email is. Agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's the agonyuncles at hairybikers.co.uk. And while you do that, let me remind you that there'll be a new episode of the Agony Uncles every Friday. So do remember to subscribe and follow to make sure you don't miss a single one. So, from Poshtash, the Thin White Duke, and us, bye bye. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.